quick disclaimer before we get into this. We, again, had some technical issues. Uh, mainly me, everyone else seemed to be fine. It's just my internet kind of copped out in and again. So it cuts sometimes, and my voice is a bit staticky at some points, but I tried to make it so that doesn't happen too often, and there's a little transition music in between the bits that broke up. So hopefully it turns out all right, and without further ado, without further ado, enjoy. Oh, here this we go. This is trying to reconnect, so if I accidentally drop out, it's not my fault. Uh, it is definitely your fault. Everything is always your fault. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm just glad that we can be like a positive force in the listeners' <laughs> lives. <laughs> and instill good values. That is our mission. Uh... Hi. Hello, Ash. <laughs> Hello. I joined on my phone because I didn't feel like having to get this up on my laptop. So if my audio is terrible, that is why. Yeah, mine's no, actually, the option of connecting you're, you're, to my. Sorry. I was just saying, I I have my headphones plugged in, but I don't think it's actually connected to the headphones. I think it's connected to the actual iPad speaker. So I have no idea how bad this sounds. It, oh, yeah. it, you sound <laughs> fine to me. You sound yeah. You you you. Yes. Uh, last week you were all a bit quiet when I was listening back, except for Me. I think it was Josh. But you know, yeah, that would make sense. That's just Josh. <laughs> <laughs> but like, quiet is the, the adjective, room, including voice rooms. <laughs> yeah, but you all seem like you're all fairly audible. Excellent. Oh well, that's what we're going for. Fairly audible. <laughs> fairly, well, fairly, it's a time um, podcast. podcast. Fairly audible. Fairly audible would be a great <laughs> name for a podcast. We can't say audible any more times, otherwise we're going to be hit with copyright. Oh no! <laughs> also, guys, I'm not sure who runs this podcast. It's not like his name is anywhere on it. It's not like you know the cover art is just a picture of him. Like I have no idea who yeah, runs. I this. will say, like, <laughs> I do love how you put the name of the podcast as Ty Keller. It's yeah. very funny every time. <laughs> Wait, is it? Yeah, it comes no, up just, as Ty. Username was no, Tyke. it comes up as Ty Killer by Ty. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for me, it comes up like as TTT. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can't. I'd say you can change that, but like it takes effort, and Ty doesn't know how to use Google, so I don't think it's gonna happen. Honestly, I deleted the account I was going to use for Spotify, and then I realized, shoot, I didn't mean to do that. And then when I uploaded it, it uploaded to my deleted account. And I'm sitting here like, what? Oh, it does go up as Tig Hiller by Tig. Yeah. Huh. The more you know. <laughs> you could hard. just try log in as your old account. I've been trying to do that, but it either says the password is wrong and the password isn't wrong, I'll tell you that much. Um, or <laughs> the user isn't found. I find that because uh, I use the password stuff. and I use my my like username on it. And they're like, that's the incorrect username. I'm like, it's literally my name. I couldn't have gotten it wrong. <laughs> I haven't forgotten it. It's... I don't know. Uh, maybe love... maybe uh, Spotify is having the same issue as me last week where I thought Sarah Kate was two separate names. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Since I got you into that mess, I will try and find out a way for you to be able to recover your account. So I will look into that after this probably for you. Cut to Spotify headquarters. Recover it! Recover it now! It was a very angry email. (laughs) Just playing the trumpet badly down the telephone. (laughs) 
It's like theme tune and it's just me fighting with the CEO of Spotify. <laughs> but it's like to a really chill bop in the background. Enable the fucking account! Alright, well then, will we try and get things started? Okay. Absolutely. That should all be So just... Just no, keep it in for a second. No, oh, no, no. Yeah, I'm keeping this. In. It's seven oh, minutes. We're like seven minutes into the recording. <laughs> <laughs> we look. I was thinking about doing that for the last one, but then I was like, this has no context in it at all, so I just cut it anyway. <laughs> but yeah, imagine you have the intro music playing, and then editor Tig says something quippy, and then we have, "Hello, welcome back to TTTV." TTTV. I think Ty's like to having a stroke. Even we don't know how to say it. Yeah. Should we should we should we go for the should we go for the classy T3 TV? Triple T. Yeah, that's pretty good. This is why Connor should run the podcast. No. Wait, what if what if that's my next thing? Like when I'm putting in the title, can I do like tree and then cute? Uh, yeah, you can. Ooh. That's a feature on a keyboard, isn't it? You can go cute. It is. Yeah, I think Unicode. I think Unicode has a standard uh, sub uh, ah, superscript emoji. Unicode cubed. Uh, so this is what Connor to... should run the podcast. No, you're, de- you're definitely gonna. You're, you're definitely gonna have to cut this now because nobody wants to hear me nerd out about uh, Unicode. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's a thing. You can put it in the title. So let's go. Quippy intro hey. tag. Yeah, so welcome back to Triple T TV, and we have uh, fan favorites Sarah and Connor back again, and newcomers Isabel and Ash. And on today's episode, we are going to be talking about the Dead Poet Society. Now, I I may have been confused and joined an actual Dead Poet Society and spent the last week living up. <laughs> did you mean the nineteen eighty nine movie starring Robin Williams? I did. Oh, good, good. Uh, refer to the nineteen eighty nine movie starring Robin Williams. Excellent, excellent. For movie night in the forest, we watched that by just an amazing coincidence. So, oh, nice. I am as yeah, yeah, I am yeah. as well prepared as everybody. Which came first, though? They the, the they say it was them, but we all know chicken and the egg kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Perfect. But anyway. Um, I, I've, been excited, I've been excited for a whole three hours to talk about this because I literally I just watched the movie <laughs> yeah. three hours ago. Oh god, it, it was good. <laughs> so we will trust that you have encyclopedic knowledge of the film. Yeah, yeah. Look, Isabel was the one who suggested it to me, and then I'm like, okay, I'll watch it. And then a week later, I'm sitting here like I haven't watched it. Isabel has good taste. <laughs> yeah, she does. Thank you. I watched yeah, it absolutely. Like a few weeks ago, and um, yeah, I haven't stopped thinking about it. Yeah, it definitely leaves you with a lot of thoughts. Yeah, it I, does. It does I will admit right now, I have I saw it I saw it a while back, and I when you suggested this, I had already seen it, but I do have the Wikipedia page open on my other device so that I can remember <laughs> names because I was like the the kid and. That's that's all I could tell. So I have it open for that. And it also it doesn't help that they all have the same hair. Yeah, yeah. It can't be like you know the guy yeah. with the like quiff thing and the blonde one. Oh yeah, the, the introduction really doesn't help. The parent, it's like running around all of the kids. The parents drop their name once, and that's it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. 
Like, I honestly remember their faces by their eyebrows. Like, I was just like, oh, the, the bushy eyebrows, that's me. Can I say that? When I was watching it, I kept getting confused between Knox, Cameron, and Charlie. So that's why I have this outfit. So I could be like, Knox yeah, is no- the one who had a thing for the cheerleader. Cameron is the one who ratted out Keating. And Charlie is the one who's also called Nawanda. So that's yeah. Oh, I thought, right? This feels was Charlie. No. This feels like as good a time as any to to, to go uh, spoilers for this entire episode. Oh, it came out in nineteen ninety nine. If you haven't watched, yeah, it, we're, we're, that's your fault. We keep going for old movies, but to be fair, Dead Poets is um one that not many people know. So will we do a little recap? Who who is well versed? I mean, maybe editing Tyke could come in with a recap if possible, yeah. or or should we try and do yeah. one on the spot? Um, uh, I think it's more fun on. I mean, spot. I've got Wikipedia open, as like I said. Someone, someone takes one line. Someone takes one line, and then we okay. like do the next one. Uh, that okay, that actually sounds pretty fun. Let's do it. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll do it in alphabetical order. So. Ask, oh no, ask. no, I don't want to start. Thank you, sir. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Um, the movie opens in this boarding school, and so you have all of these new students coming into this very um privileged um prestigious all boys boarding school in america which feels very english um and so then we get to meet some of our main characters um todd whose older brother went there neil who is kind of like the main character almost charlie who is absolutely incredible (laughs) Knox, who i thought was And a few others, and they all just look the same, except for Todd, because he's the only one who has, like, slightly tinted blonde hair. Yeah, and he kind of looks like a 12-year-old. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, also at that school, uh, coincidentally, they have a new English teacher um, called... Robin Williams. <laughs> yeah, called Robin Williams, played by John Keaton. <laughs> and like most English teachers... Um, in films and like most Robin Williams characters he is very eccentric and very enthusiastic and definitely not what this school is used to yeah next Connor Isabel excellent Yes, uh, Mr. Keating is very eccentric and not at all what Welton is uh, used to, despite the fact that he himself was a Welton graduate. On their first day of classes, they go on a little trip downstairs, and Mr. Keating puts the fear of death into them. (laughs) 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 And and encourages them to live wonderful and extraordinarily lives, and sets up a recurring theme throughout the film, Carpe Diem. Seize the day. Exactly. Hmm. actually side note i remember jordan was looking up um ah shoot uh i remember he was looking up different reviews for it and was like oh man this is really interesting i want to i want to have a look at it and then some of the reviews like this changed my life now i seize the day no matter what and then jordan was like damn this movie like does it also cure cancer (laughs) oh okay listen listen one thing at a time in the recap that doesn't happen until the third act (laughs) yeah (laughs) Anyway, uh, now it's Isabel and Sarah. Yeah, so the boys, um, they're inspired by Keating, and they decide to um, follow in his footsteps by starting up a Dead Poet Society, which is like a poetry club. Um, and the boys go sneak out at night and go to a cave and read poetry to each other. Um, uh, and meanwhile, there's like this subplot where Knox... Um, falls in love with this girl 
who he's seen once, um, and he starts to pursue her. Um, so yeah. Then what happens? Guys. Want me to take over? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the Dead Poet Society kind of inspires each of the boys to do something a little bit out of their comfort zone. So, as Isabel said, Knox starts to pursue a cheerleader from a local public school. Neil discovers that he is an incredible actor and he secretly goes joins a local production of A Midsummer Night's Dream and gets the role of Puck. Um, Todd, who's a bit of an introvert because he's the new kid in the school at the beginning, spontaneously just composes poetry at the top of the class as Keating puts the fear of God into him. Uh, what else does everybody do? Charlie just does a bunch of wild stuff. He pub- he sends a letter into the school in the name of the Dead Poets Society asking for girls to be admitted at Wellington. Oh, yeah. And then there's the famous <laughs> It's God Calling You scene where they have an assembly. And, um... He also straight up just changes his name to Nawanda. Yes. Yeah. Like, yes. I think probably the best scene in it is the is the uh, phone scene when they're in the assembly hall and the phone starts ringing and Charlie stands up and he goes, Mr. Uh, sir, it's for you. It's God. He says we should have girls at Welton. And uh... <laughs> It is superb. It is, like, honestly, I, I watched it, I, I, I was watching this on YouTube and so then after that scene, I just rewinded it and then watched it again. It was so good. <laughs> yes. It was so good though when when he was telling them what, what they did and he was like, Guys, if I get caught, I'll just um I'll just say I made it all up and then it cuts to the scene and it's him in trouble. The whole school is like in the the church and I don't know, I love that. Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> it's like don't worry, if I have we this get in all trouble under yeah. control. <laughs> that kind of marks this is the part of the film where it all starts to go downhill after that point. Yeah. Um because as you said, it's a bit of, it's of like a very prep it's like a prep private school, so all the boys start to face consequences for their seizing of the day. So especially Neil, whose father finds out about his secret acting gig, pulls him out of Welton and tells him he needs to go join the military. And Neil is suitably devastated. And should I explain what happens? Because we said, you know, we're going to have to spoil it. Um, I mean, we're probably going to have yeah, to mention I mean, it. We've spoiled it, yeah, but content warning past. Like, if you yeah. if, if you're listening to this, you've watched the film, but content yeah. warning for suicide. So yeah, yeah. Neil yeah. commits suicide, and obviously everybody is devastated. Particularly Todd, who was his roommate at that point, and Neil was kind of a role model to him because he's quite confident. So what happens is Cameron the bastard yeah. blames Ke- Keating or Robin Williams, and they are all convinced by Cameron to let Keating suffer the consequences and blame Keating for his actions, even though Neil was driven by his family's lack of support and lack of empathy for him. So Keating is fired, but as he comes into the English classroom, um, where the principal is now taking the class, Todd finds the courage within himself to stand up on his desk, like Keating had done at the beginning of the movie, and say, oh, Captain, my Captain. So the entire Dead Poet Society, plus several other, other members of the class who were inspired by Keating, stand up on their desks and shout, oh, Captain, my Captain. And he just smiles and walks away. Thanking them. And that is literally it. I, I yep. remember it ending and I was like, what? Yeah. 
I mean, to start with the ending, I do appreciate that the movie had the guts to do it. Yes. To do that. Because let's yeah. face it, that's pretty accurate. That is what happened. They didn't have the they didn't have the gall to have like the principal suddenly hit his head and be like, you know what I love? You know who I love? Robin Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Aladdin, a true classic. <laughs> Even though it doesn't come out for that. another six years, I can see him doing great things. Yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire was hilariously <laughs> funny, and I feel like you should get a second chance because of it. Precisely, precisely. You know, I'd like to think in universe, like once um, his character left the school, he went on to voice Aladdin like, in universe. <laughs> Actually, I learned something interesting about it. I'm not 100% sure if this is true, but apparently bef- there was a different director. And he had selected Liam Neeson for the role of John Keating, and then oh, somebody else oh. took over and chose Robin Williams. I think Liam yeah, Neeson, he... Neeson would have been very different as an English teacher. <laughs> the fear of God bits would have been very terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, have you seen Take It? Be like getting Keanu Reeves up there. Yeah. <laughs> I I they they do imagine if they did the little vin you know the little vignette they do in the beginning where they introduce um the trig teacher and the Latin teacher. Yeah. Ooh, and I believe we have lost Sarah. Yeah. Sarah might have yeah, just disconnected. I will see if I can get her back. Excellent. Uh shall we carry on in the meantime? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would yes. say so. Cool. Okay. The little vignettes that they do in the beginning where where they introduce the trig teacher and the Latin teacher. Imagine if it's just Keanu Reeves. <laughs> like, it's Keanu Reeves, like, flipping a desk over and cut to Liam Neeson, like, there. And then just cut to Robin Williams entering the room and putting his coat over his desk. I just say, that that opening scene was just brilliant. He walks out the door, goes back, is like, yes. come on. Yeah. Like, uh... haven't you been in a classroom before? <laughs> Exactly. Like, and it's also, it's weird. Can we just, like, talk about the actual preparatory school in general? Yes. Like, it is just so weird, especially uh, when it comes to, say, um, our school, when it comes to, like, me, Isabel, and Connor, where it's, like, it's very open, and we call the teachers by their first names and whatever, and it's very colorful. And then you look at this, and it's, like, is this even legal? Yeah. I think it's set in 1950s? Mm. Yeah, it is. It is set in 1959 specifically, according to that great oracle of knowledge, Wikipedia. Yeah, and also they say it at the start of the movie, it's like, 1859, 100 years. Oh, okay. Something like that. Yeah, 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 it it was exactly... I I vaguely remember that being a different date, but I'm not great at... I'm not great at uh, picking up things like that in the movie, so you're probably right. Look, yeah. Since I've watched it three hours ago, I think I'm well. <laughs> I have Absolutely. another fact. I defer, I defer to you completely. Hit us with another fact. Cool. So, Robert Sean Leonard, who played Neil, and yeah. Ethan Hawke, who played Todd, went for each other's characters because <laughs> Ethan Hawke is a lot more like Neil Perry, and Robert Sean Leonard is a lot more like Todd Anderson. But they said no because the actor who played Todd Anderson would have had to have come out with that burst of confidence at the end and shout the whole, oh, captain, my captain bit, which they didn't think the guy who played Neil could do that realistically because he just wasn't that kind of person. So that's why they got him to, they got them to switch roles. But even afterwards, they still think they would have been better as the other person. 
Yeah. I I thought it was perfect. I I thought it was perfect too. Yeah, I took the rules really seriously. Yeah, same. Like that Neil. That's that scene with the desk. Honestly, I want to look up Neil's actor and then see what he's in. Something else. Hang on, I've got it open for you because, as I said, I've got Wikipedia open on the other page. I knew that fact before that, but he was Mm -hmm. in House. And yeah, that's pretty much the other stuff that he's done on TV. Oh, Oh, Falling Skies. Uh, he does a lot of theater. Well, I'd imagine so. He was in house. Start with Hulari. Very good actor. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's wild. The the scene with the desk set, I just can't mentally picture that with the roles. No, I did I. I think also that bit, like, I, as far as I remember now, I could be wrong. Um, there is a bit of a height difference between them. I think that really, like, it plays into the characters because Neil is a bit taller, which makes him seem that bit more like he stands out a bit more and he seems more outgoing. Also, he's not better know, I for into it. He looks more forest fairy than than Todd does. Yeah, very <laughs> true. He's like wiry and tall and just like slender and long you could be like i could see you in a shakespearean forest wearing a crown of thorns just yeah. vibing like how's you that'd be the single greatest stage direction in the history I mean, have of you theater shakespeare's stage directions it's like exit pursued by bear pursued yes. by bear exactly <laughs> or like sometimes she's just a clown on stage because yeah. why not you know, I love how not only the movie makes fun of Shakespeare, but we're also making fun of Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah, it's in, the, it's in the theme of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We should, if 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 ever you decide to branch out to musicals, you should absolutely cover something rotten. Mm, yeah, or you know, you're just saying musicals. I'm just thinking Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> which we will sing Cotter, the entirety of. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> We do we we do our cover to the melody of the of the song, but because like because what we're saying is not connected at all, it's just horrible. It sounds Welcome like completely artificially <laughs> <laughs> That would be. I feel episode. so bad for editing Ty at the moment. <laughs> no, he's editing Ty doesn't do anything. Like he's like, literally no no no. He's just sitting on his ass right now, probably watching Glee in the background and <laughs> just like trying to make sure that this thing gets uploaded. <laughs> But like oh, putting good. all this extra bit, or is this gonna be it? It's gonna be like whatever. It's just gonna be the plan for next week's episode. There was <laughs> title of Dead Poet don't, Society. Don't say that about it, about editing Ty. Editing Ty puts a lot of work behind, in behind the scenes that's rarely seen. Editing, look, most editing Ty does is post on Instagram and be like, "Hey, it's up." That's HR Tyg. <laughs> That's PR Tyg. Yeah, sure, it's a PR Tyg. HR Tyg gives out to us on a Discord coffee. call. <laughs> it's like, guys, you were funny enough. Say the jokes again. <laughs> no, no, not the box, not the box! Don't say the box, the box that I mentioned, please. There was so much stuff in the last week so that I was like, I honest to God thought he would cut that. Never mind. <laughs> no, I'm not, like I said, I'm not cutting everything. That's the fun of this. It's just, it's raw and it's like a fun conversation. But this is going to make friends. it into the episode, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, no. We should move on before we bore <laughs> Maybe we should actually talk about the film that we're meant to be. Absolutely. It's such a pain to edit. What do you even think? <laughs> do you think Tyg actually edits stuff out? 
Anyway, so um, if we want to go back on topic, or will this just be an extra hour of you guys bullying? Um, no, I think we should go back works, on topic. But yeah, true, to appease true. our listeners. By that, I mean the few that we have. Speaking, actually, on the topic of bullying, <laughs> oh, God. Like, Keating, Keating is a nice guy, but it's just re- like it's things like he'll call out Meeks's name every time it's mentioned. Like, like that that scene at the start where he pretty much just like calls people out for having slightly unusual <laughs> names. Like, mm. okay. oh yeah, teacher thing like, though, or just a teacher thing in general. They tend to do that. If your name is not like Murphy, or um, <laughs> I don't know, um, give me another common name. O'Brien, <laughs> or Can like say- more or something. They'll be like, "That's a strange name. Where are you from? What's your family's history? How did you get here?" Like they, a lot of teachers are very adamant. Mm-hmm. On that, is, that is a teacher thing. See, Knox yeah, Okay, that is a pretentious name. But I'd like that to is. point out that the public school kid who's a family friend, his name is Chet Danbury. How is that <laughs> yes. in any way better? <laughs> I, w- I want to see the director's cut of just of just Keaton going around asking for everybody's <laughs> name and just ripping oh, on yeah. it. Rogue Williams knew nobody's Shit. name going in. He actually had to do attendance. Yeah. Actually, you, you know when they're all in the cave and they start reading out a poem and then they turn it into sort of like a rap and then they're on mm. their way home with like the drums and saxophone and everything. Yeah. It's yes. like, and, and, and then the next morning they begin to write poetic rap battles against each other and like making fun <laughs> of their names. Yes. Yeah. It's so feral. I love, just love that kind of vibe. It's all. Yeah. Yeah. They just go completely it's like, wild. Is that art? Yeah. That's kind of like artsy, poetic vibe, but it's also like they're a bunch of teenage boys. They're going to be wild. They're not mm. going to take this seriously. Yeah, yeah exactly. It, it shows through. Look, when Isabel said, oh yeah, it's about um, these teenagers and they learn the love of poetry, I was thinking, oh yeah, they're going to be in the cave and they're all going to be dramatic <laughs> no. and like they're all going to have Sorry. My Chemical Romance eyeliner on. And then I watch it. And then I watch it, and I'm like, this is more like if I if I was back at camp with Ash and the rest, and we we just kind of got a free cave to mess around. <laughs> I mean, don't you just mean the record? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's the things like they'll read paragraphs of um of, of poetry, and then they'll pull out, and then they'll pull out a picture. Yeah, of yeah. they write it on the back <laughs> like... of the poster. Or like exactly. Tyler just bringing the entire group of girls into the cave, and yeah. they're all just so awkward. Like, how yeah. do we talk to these newcomers? I love it. Like, we want girls at, at Welton, but they can't actually talk to girls. <laughs> yeah, they just want them there to vibe. <laughs> yeah, I feel like yeah, chi- uh, another chicken, chicken and egg problem there. Like, okay, how do you talk to girls? I would pay to see that headmaster give a class <laughs> on relationships. How to talk to women. No, I have been divorced four times. Take my advice. (laughs) It just turns into the headmaster complaining about his own personal life. Now, my wife Brenda, she's a real piece of work. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling Uh, you, boys, I retired long ago, but I need to pay off that alimony. Now, when I say it does, it modern feminism is harsh, I mean modern feminism is harsh. Now, I was I was berated for even bringing up the idea of a dowry at my wedding. 
I'm telling you, boys, women just, they aren't worth it, you know? They're just, they're not it. This is a terrible American accent. What am I doing? Yeah, speaking of women, the film doesn't really do a great job. So I I like the film. The biggest gripe I have with it, though, is that the entire, um, what's the name of the boy who falls Uh, from the cheerleader? Knox. Knox. His entire storyline would be, could be, should be cut, and the movie would be better for it. That's who, like, I didn't, like... I thought he was kind of creepy. Like, were you meant to... Oh, no, he was creepy. It really But was. I think the point of it was that, like, while Neil did something very dramatic with this whole coming out of his own body situation, like, coming out of his comfort zone, that was Knox's equivalent. I mean, it was creepy, but he was treated accordingly. Yeah. To be fair, yeah. I know she, like, hangs out with him at the very end, but she's kind of doing it out of pity. Um yeah. <laughs> or yeah it's like but the the thing is uh, and that's like well done for them not having him, her fall for him but like the whole movie is like he's like oh yeah i'm following my dreams i'm going i'm going to it so the entire the entire um the entire premise of the movie is don't let other people people force you into a life path that you don't want to be on and Knox's life like i'm i'm in love with mm-hmm. this girl we are going to yeah. be together, and 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 in doing so, he puts her on a life path in which she has no choice. Mm. It's like unintentionally reinforcing the thing it's meant yeah. to be against, which is I don't think no. he was trying to, to fair, go for that irony. He's not pressuring her into anything. I mean, he's creepy to a fault. Like if any guy was treating me like that, I would be so far out of there. <sighs> I mean, he he walk he walks into town and starts talking about her body in yeah, front that's of her classmates. Super creepy. I mean. Mm. That feels like pressure. Like he 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 is talking about how he yeah. wants to touch her. Oh no! In front creepy. of her classmates. Um, but that 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 feels it pressuring. Is, yeah. Though. Like it. it... I, I think that I is very point, much. Actually. Like he... I think that's very much the 1950s version of like an unsolicited dick pic. Like they really, it was an awful storyline. <laughs> they really got it right with the neediness and the whole thing oh, yeah. of not leaving her alone. We have all. It's accurate. It's an terrible, yeah. but it's accurate. On a, on a side note, it is. It, do you think yeah, that that is the true. exact same thing? Like <laughs> the equivalent of an unsolicited dick. I mean, how many sonnets did he write? <laughs> Too many. Yeah. I have a book of his sonnets. They're printed really small, and it's still quite a thick book. <laughs> Can you imagine if just like one one creeps like unsolicited DMs were just all collected, printed in a book, preserved for four hundred years, and then taught to English? The Daily Show have done a book of Trump's tweets, categorized in specific ways. So oh I feel like God. it's. Hilariously funny. Listen, if you're an if you're an archivist listening to this from the future, first things hi, and secondly, if you ever had to write an essay as a teenager about Donald Trump's tweets, that was kind of our Sorry fault. About Sorry about that. <laughs> Congrats on getting a master's in archiving. Yeah, wow, well done. Actually, you know what? It would, yeah. it would be more congrats on like living ten years past this date. Yeah, All yeah, very true. If now, you were born past twenty forty. Congratulations! You have. Oh, so what are you still doing Listen, listening to Spotify? Time... I think you have a hologram version. They're an right archivist. Now. Stop being edgy. They're an ar- they are an archivist. Listen, if you um, if time travel has been invented, uh, yeah. drop us a line. Yeah. We'd love to have you on the podcast. You can you can contact us on Instagram <laughs> at tight sound. 
<laughs> that, that is the most long-winded social media plug in the history. <laughs> if anybody I mean, is watching so from the future, specifically like, in Arkham, yeah, imagine in like five years is going to be like really popular. It's like imagine in five years we're still doing this. You know what? Imagine. One of us is going to get famous, and everyone's going to come back looking for this and just be like, "Oh I mean, my we're gonna god!" We're going to have to change the name because in a year, me and Sarah are going to get kicked off for not being teenagers. You're gonna lose all your members, Ty. Oh yeah. I mean, we'll still it's be gonna be, have to be T T and A. Well, they'll be eighteen, so. but they're still a teen at the end, so yeah. it counts. What if it's just like Zoomers talk about TV? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't roll off the tongue. Gen Z TV. That's pretty good. Uh, wait, I'm. You... I should watch the podcast. Um... <laughs> so they're technology, so we'll leave Ty got it. I can't do technology, and I'm running the podcast. Connor, you're up. <laughs> Just hard cut to hello and welcome to another episode. Connor, no. after this, can you can you send me a WhatsApp voice note so I can have editing Connor? <laughs> Actually, Connor, while you're on it, can you edit this for us as well, please? Yeah, and upload it. Yeah. I don't know, maybe other people sound effects. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, and, like also, your own you hacking my track and everything. And like, you know what, maybe maybe even like a music <laughs> video or something. Yeah, can you like yeah. score it as well and and yeah and, and, and level it, master it, some some original compositions. Some explosion sound effects would be awesome too. And some like it's exactly. and some cover art as well while you're at it, you know. Just yeah. oh, taking an extra few minutes. Yeah, yeah, sure. absolutely. Are like you it. dissing my cover art? <laughs> no, sure, we're gonna need new cover art for this podcast. <laughs> Read the room, Ty. Come on. Your face won't work on Connie's podcast. <laughs> no, no, Ty, 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 Ty's face would work on podcast. <laughs> okay, back to the actual topic of conversation before this gets too polite. Um, you know who's? You know who else's face would work on any podcast? Williams. I know. <laughs> I feel like that's a really bad pickup line. Your face would look really good on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Especially since, you know, they'd be like, well, you can't actually see it. It's an audio only medium, yeah. (laughs) You've got a face for radio. (laughs) (laughs) I have a question as Uh, collectively, because this is just hmm. something I was thinking about earlier. Who is the main character of Dead Poet Society, in each of your opinions? Because I, I like. What I like about this is that generally, you know, there's kind of main character roles that people are forced into and then they can grow from there. Because you're looking and you're like, Todd and John Keating are new to the school this year. Everyone has been there before. So. I would I would categorize that as an yeah. ensemble cast. I don't think any one storyline is given Precisely, precedent over know, the others. You know, kind of always the main character is like the person who's kind of new to the scene because that's how we get introduced to the regular way of life so you when i started watching it i was like oh it's gonna be todd and then we saw john keating and i was like oh either john keating is gonna be like their fairy godmother or john keating's gonna be the main character and then of course neil's storyline takes precedence for a short while so you're like that's gonna be him and then of course you got the whole thing with charlie dalton and obviously knox has his own storyline going through I think there's like literally three members of the main cast who don't. We, we've have talked about their own Nox little storyline. Like you know what we we spend as, about as much time on Knox as the actual movie did, and I don't think that's a good thing. So can we just like write <laughs> his name is Knox? No, okay. no, it isn't. If we just keep saying the word Neil and you know Todd, it's not as interesting as we go. Well, Knox Overstreet. 
<laughs> I will say, as as bad as the character is, Knox Overstreet is, is an amazing. It, I don't know whether it's a porn name yeah. or a preppy name. It kind of <laughs> maybe both. <laughs> I mean, it depends what you're into. <laughs> we would encourage the listener not to Google Knox Overstreet. <laughs> <laughs> Right, okay, well then, okay. Um, if we were to have a main character, who would you say would be the main character, Sarah, you shoot? Like, I know you said ensemble cast, but I'm just curious. I feel like it's Todd? Todd, maybe. I, I think it's almost meant to be yeah. Todd, but it, it, for a lot of the film, it doesn't really feel like it is Todd. Yeah. 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 I mean, the thing, the the reason, the reason why it would be Todd would be to introduce us to this world and um, uh, explain things to us. But the thing is, it's a 1950s prep school. Like we've seen it before. There's there's not a ton of concepts that we need to be introduced to. So I think I think the pattern that um, that Sarah was talking about fits. We follow Todd for the first bit of the movie to catch up with the structure of Welton, and then it just goes anybody and everybody as yeah. sees fit. So um, I think maybe may, you could rework it to be Todd. But you'd have you'd probably have to change the structure of the movie a lot to do it. You'd have to have him. In, you'd have to have him in a lot of places for it. The, the the movie is just Todd running all yeah. over the place to, to meet up with all the other characters mm-hmm. and, and have their storylines yeah. carry. Yeah. Like, does Todd interact with anyone else? Do you have when they when they talk Not in their really. room and then you and then like Neil takes his poetry and then when they're on the bridge and then they throw off the desk. Uh, the oh, that was funny. I, I love that scene. That was so good. That was hilarious. I forgot about that part. That was brilliant. Don't no, no worry. Amazing. You'll get another one next year. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I think Todd's and, character um, and his storyline are very, not similar, but they kind of, they go with each other quite well because, you know, what we what we know about Tiger is he's new. His parents don't really pay much attention to him. He doesn't seem to want to grasp that much attention from other people. Like, as far as I remember, I think he was the one who didn't want to read out loud in the poetry sessions. Like, yeah. yeah. He was and not one, why... he was not built to be a main character. And I think his storyline kind of follows that. Like, you don't see that much of him, except for at the start, but, because he's new. And yes. Like, yeah. it kind of follows him. But it comes in a circle, character. because... And yet, at the end, and yet, at the end of the film, yes, he is this climactic moment of getting... But my reasons yeah. for yeah. saying Todd was because Neil doesn't really develop as a character. He was always confident, and there was always that kind of urge to pull away from his family and he does but it's unsuccessful and he loses all hope like neil doesn't really come back from it well and he he doesn't exactly develop his own sense of self-confidence that isn't linked to his parents because he's like oh they hated it they're doing this they're sending me away there's nothing i can do about it i don't have control over my own life whereas he never did so he kind of sticks with the whole he doesn't have control over his existence whereas todd goes from being not wanting Precisely. Whereas he, Todd doesn't want to speak in front of the class at the beginning and Todd doesn't get on, like Todd doesn't talk to any of the boys really. Neil's the one who introduces it to him. And at the very end, he's gotten most of the class to stand up on their desks and shout, oh, captain, my captain, mm-hmm. at John Keating in front of the principal. So he has the most character, like he's got a character arc out of yeah, all he of has them. A good character. Yeah. I mean, Charlie Dalton was always iconic and fabulous from the beginning so <laughs> i i don't really think i think he stayed consistent and it was a fabulous consistent but you know it wasn't it was consistent yeah 
that's that's probably one of my main gripes with the movie is that it has this wonderful ensemble cost, cost but it just doesn't have oh, cost. Cost. <laughs> but it doesn't have it, 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 no, really, I really hope I, I really I really hope I get to edit that out if editing is a thing um we have this we have this really wide ensemble Hey. Uh, <laughs> thank you uh but it, it a lot of the characters like you say don't really go anywhere yeah. like neil's big story beats are we meet him suddenly he's into acting and suddenly he's committed suicide like those are the big plot beats and there's like a couple bits in there but it it feels like they that yeah the movie literally doesn't have enough time to flesh out all of these wonderful yeah. characters that set up which is why if you're listening if you're listening amazon prime executives <laughs> or netflix Ten, ten, ten episodes. No, <laughs> no. don't give that don't to Netflix. They would ruin it. They'd ruin it. They'd ruin it. <laughs> no, thank you. We're good. No, this is no offense to Netflix, even though it is a little bit offense to Netflix. But you can't reboot that show, that yeah. film. No, yeah. <laughs> Isabel is pulling no punches. <laughs> uh, so we're we're gonna we're gonna cut into an ad break now. Netflix is the best way for you and your no. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if I could find the Netflix like intro sound. Time to test. Why do that when Isabel and I are here to make yeah. the voice to do sure, the impression? Sure. Eat your voice after. Too. Yeah, listen, folks. Our jump, yeah, our jump to podcasting wasn't entirely unprecedented. Sarah and Isabel together formed the two uh, vocal layers. <laughs> <of the Netflix. laughs> yeah, Everybody harmony, melody. Isabel, you may know them from such shows as Everything on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that! Imagine listing your production credits as every song, every movie to have, every movie and TV show to have the Netflix yeah. jingle in it. I was the main star of To All the Boys I've Loved Before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, my mind, this is quite the resume. Orange is the New Black, um, Big Mouth. Oh. <laughs> You're hired. What? Could you imagine having that? I was the intro to Big Mouth. <laughs> John Mulaney. I've worked with him. <laughs> no, I saw him walking away though once. That's practically as good. I was also the voice of all his Netflix specials. <laughs> so the film was the Netflix film... jokes aside. The film won, nom- was nominated for a, a, cult- a couple of Academy Awards. It was nominated for Best Director, Best Picture, and Best Actor for Robin Williams. It won the BAFTA Award for Best Film, the Caesar Award for Best Foreign Film, and the David Di Donatello Award for Best Foreign Film. And Shulman received the Best Academy Foreign Award Film. for Best Original Screenplay for his work. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. This is my hot take. The actor who played Neil was way better than Robin Williams. Yes. Yeah. Like, I... <laughs> I think it was... I agree with you, but I think it was a bad script. I think Robin Williams suffered from a little bit of manic yeah. as a teacher. Yeah. And... I mean, did you see when he got the, 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 the yearbook and he, like, fell to his knees? You're like, oh, he's on weed. He's... <laughs> <laughs> the boys ran up behind him and he, like, hastily put out a joint. Sure. I'm sorry, but... Have any of you seen Stargirl on Netflix? Or not Netflix, no. uh, Disney Plus. No, it's I read the book Stargirl, but I don't think it's the same thing. Isn't it like just like New Girl arrives in town? She's like, oh, poor Yeah, it's, it's literally manic pixie. 
uh, incarcerated? Incorporated? It, what's it when it's like? In, in, um, in, in, incorporated. Incarnate. There you go. Incarnate. Oh, incarnate. I'm going to yeah. put them under arrest. <laughs> <laughs> Not a pixie dream girl in prison. The new TLC special. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, folks, I gotta quit the podcast. Got a TV show to write. It'll be better than the script. It'll be better than Robin Williams' line. Having trouble. So is this disconnect? Yeah, you're still, still coming through pretty clear here. Start of it. And now I'm just imagining Robin Williams in like a French beret with a ukulele and like great Aggie hippie jumpers. <laughs> <laughs> Long pink hair. Yeah. I know. This is, this is not a day. On a side note, we're back. Um, technical difficulty, ignore that. But anyway, um, what was it? I was talking about Robin Williams as a fairy manic pixie dream girl. Teacher. Um, yeah. Yes. There you go. Uh, yeah, and I was hippie, pink hair. That's kind of making fun of Grace Vanderwall. Saying, "I love Grace Vanderwall. Please don't kill me." Oh, okay. Now that we have luckily it's black book, um, Robin Williams is, is the managing dream girl of an academic film. I'm gonna come out here and say this i've been saying last time i said controversial topic about the the originals i'm gonna say sorry the uh the prequels i'm gonna say something okay. okay i'm not a big robin i mean fan. yeah fair enough i can yeah. i i <laughs> a non-judgmental atmosphere what <laughs> <laughs> come on guys we need more controversy <laughs> <Seven>. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> i'm trying to <laughs> okay there was that was the answer no i mean i saw I've seen him in a couple of things, including this. I didn't think he was very good in it. Like, I was very much aware throughout it that this yeah. was Robin Williams. Like, he's not... Like, anything I've seen him in, it's never like... You know, sometimes you see very famous actors or actresses, and even still, you're able to kind of forget yeah. for a second yeah. that there's somebody else as well? Like, every time I saw him on screen, I was like, that's Mrs. Doubtfire and Robin Williams. Whereas... No. Sometimes I'm watching... This may seem bad, but I'm watching Meryl Streep acting and I'm like, oh, that's the witch in Into the Woods when she's doing that bit. And then, oh, that's your one from... Um, the, from but the what if product. that was deliberate? Yes. And John Keating is actually in a wardrobe somewhere. And Mrs. Doubtfire, having once again lost yeah. custody of her children, <laughs> needed a job teaching. <laughs> it all makes sense. And he's like... Pitts, I've made fun of your last name. It's really my last name, too. Yeah. First day on class. I have no idea how to teach poetry. <laughs> Whip out the introduction. My God, this I'm actually getting on board with this crazy half joking theory I made up. Okay. Oh, you're too oh, is coming soon. Yes, the Connor podcast is a very different kind of podcast. <laughs> Oh no, no. You just talk about conspiracy theories. Today we're going to be talking about Flat Earth and the Williams. <laughs> the Williams Cinematic Williams Universe. Cinematic I can get on board with Flat Earth. A little less so. <laughs> Wait, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Didn't you okay. do a thing in conspiracy theories disproving Flat Earth? I did. Well? No. Flat Earth was. I was moon landing. 
Robin Williams faked yeah, the yeah, moon yeah. landing, you, everybody. You, you, you heard it here first. <laughs> you, you were moon landing, and then me and Josh done a review of Kingus Kong and the Flat Earth. Yeah, listen, Ro- Roger Egbert is is afraid of the newcomers in the game that are doing such a good job. Um, do you do you want to do you want to do you want to give the punters a link or <laughs> to to your other podcast where you review movies? Or what? I was about to say your other podcast where you review movies. That's this podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Connor spent too much yeah. time on the other one. Okay, look, what, let's let's try and have a bit of order because we've gone on a big tangent and the disconnect didn't help yeah. anyway, yeah, shape yeah. or form. One thing I want to talk about, okay. uh, which yeah. is interesting, is the ending because when it comes to the ending, it seems like it they've lost essentially everything, yeah. but you still feel like somewhat satisfied with it okay um personally i'm gonna do what sarah did and i'm gonna come out with something a little bit controversial which might get me kicked off the podcast um but i'm gonna say it anyway i would have liked a slightly different ending where we actually got to see some more of the consequences and seeing a bit more emotion behind john keating losing his job because he's kind of just like well well guess i'm guess i'm gone like this this boy just kind of commits suicide but i'm just yeah. gonna pack my bags and go and i think that's maybe just because you know I me i love kinda... pain um and <laughs> um, <laughs> um so like no, i would have no, really liked to see something a bit more emotional from it and i think that has to play with like i think that's that's why robin williams performance was a slightly bit disappointing for me because i wanted to see him actually like get into the character but he was just kind of like well this kid is dead i guess i'll just go home i agree with you well i i think that comes back to the not enough time to flesh out characters because you're absolutely right like the movie goes out of its way to set up the thing between keating and neil like he's a surrogate father figure for him and then neil shoots himself in the head and keating's like well that's sad i'll go get my bags I'll go get the bags. It, yeah, it um the the movie doesn't ex- fully explore. The, you're absolutely yeah. right. The movie doesn't fully explore the emotions of anybody and anyone because it yeah. is just too many people. That's true. You just see Todd Ooh. collapsing in the snow that... and the guys waking him, but uh, they've already obviously had their moment before they go to him. I'd say that was probably. I just think back on it now. It's probably because yeah. they didn't want to have to go into Neil's room. Yeah, mm. it's probably yeah. why Todd was the last to be told. Because they were roommates. One so... one thing about Robin is his is his character name John. Yeah, John. John, John, John Keating. Yeah. yeah, honestly, like John he, Keating, he will yeah. just always be Robin yeah. Williams. Like, oh, Robin Williams is playing Robin Williams. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. He's done, he's done too well, good a no, job building we, a persona. We are done. We are done with Robin Williams. Well, at least for the most part, I. It's like James Corden. I see. Why is James Corden like, here? That's, that's, that's <laughs> Why is James Corden in Deadpool Society? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, James, you wanted on the wrong set again, you rascal, you. Get, <laughs> get on, get back on, Gavin and Stacey. Janet, he's back out again. Yes. Who left the door open? <laughs> get the Every time he's on screen, you see one of the little shepherd crook things that they get to pull. Um... <laughs> it's just trying. Yeah, he's just, just artfully dodging the armor back into the wings. <laughs> They put him in a cage with a karaoke. Netflix call us. Remake of the show with Nicolas Cage (laughs) and and James Corden. We're back with Nicolas Cage. But 
Oh my god. Oh, Captain, my captain. It turns into a sea shanty. I'm friends with Harry Styles. Actually, on that, um, apparently it was adapted into a play, which I find kind of interesting. Like, um, th- uh, This is completely random, but I'd love to see Midnummer, Mid- uh, Midnight Summer's Dream performed on stage in on a, on a larger stage. <laughs> it's a really weird bucket list. Like yeah, a little stage <laughs> on a big stage, and there's other people on the bigger stage watching. Yeah, I don't know why, but it makes stage. me very happy. It's like you know when you see they're doing a TV show or a film, yeah. and they're on a film set in it. Bigger I'm like, f- is there a little film set, and then there's just a bigger film set? Do you sometimes they get confused with who's the fake <laughs> camera crew and who's the real around. camera crew? Are they like they've got? Are they like? Does one have a little red flag on it or something? Or do they just go, oh, we've got somebody at that angle. But it's really just Ben, who's here. He's interning at the local youth theatre. And he's uh, he wanted to make a couple bucks, so he's just standing next to a camera that's not plugged in. <laughs> like, how does it work? I, I, uh, I'm join us next week, where we know. go on our first field trip. I'm to hopefully direct something in the near future. So, you know what? I'll do some meta, meta stuff and... Uh, tell you guys how i do it well anyway i completely got off of my point i want you like (laughs) sorry i'm being not as emotional and affected by this but i remember he after neil dies he goes over to neil's desk and opens it and then finds the book and signature and he's it it kind of implies that happened before and maybe that's kind of why it's called the dead poet society like i don't know if they oh shit it. oh like i can't remember if they said they I... called it dead poet society at the start or it was a thing that they um they just figured out later on here's the thing tyke you have but described a wonderful interpretation oh, of that and if the movie had spent five minutes longer on it to elaborate on that <laughs> it would have been a fantastic film yeah. this is this I is my they... point if they'd spent more time on it they could have built out wonderful backstory and emotional um emotional stakes like that but they just didn't so again could cut um could Knox give us the give us the keating backstory i think like i'd like to have just seen Cherry, or yeah. no, Chris. Chris was the name of the girl. I'm getting confused with the outsiders. I'd like to have just seen Chris yeah. say no and Walk then off. Not, and then, that's it. then it'll be quite the similar to the whole seizing the day doesn't it's always like... work. And that's something that I think they express yeah. through Neil. So I feel like they could have focused on see the, the, the main characters who are in the Dead Poet Society. Don't, a lot of them don't get it much screen time. So we know Charlie, we know, um, we know Knox, we know Neil, and we know Todd. But you've also mm-hmm. got Pitts, Meeks, and Cameron. And Cameron, the only time we see him, we get the vibe he isn't like. He's punchable. And we find yeah. out why later on when he... He's punchable. Um, you, you see that later when he's the one who hangs Keating out to dry and throws him under the bus. But you don't really see a lot of Meeks and Pitts, except for the scenes which I love, which is when they're all kind of just hanging out in their common areas and trying to do homework mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So you only really see them in group scenes. And as I don't remember which person said earlier, but they're a really great ensemble cast. And you could have just given everyone a little yeah. plot line. Or maybe the point is that a couple of the guys just went along for the ride. That scene with the radio where, where Meeks and the yes. other boy are just dancing their hearts out. It was, <laughs> oh, it was 
just magnificent. You see, it would have been such like it is a great film. Don't get me wrong, but it would have been it would have been a masterpiece if somebody had just come up with like um, a master plot and like actually done their planning just a little bit better. Um, yeah, it's kind of like um, I know a lot of you are not in leaving at the moment, but like it's kind of what we get told a lot for essays is you need your connectives, you need your connecting words and phrases to keep your like, to keep your essay together. Like if they had worked a bit more on connecting the characters and having their story storylines intertwine and refer back to like the main theme of the story, it would have been an absolutely amazing film. And with those extra yeah. scenes like that with the boys dancing in the mall, chilling in the camera room, mm. it would have been so much better. And and it feels like mm. the tightness of the plot, like how well they planned it dwindles a little bit. Like it's a hell of a first mm. act. Yeah. Like you've got the opening scene, teaching the first lessons, all wonderful seeds today. Yeah, and it kind of as as the characters' lives fall apart, so does like the, the tightness of of the character uh, arcs that we see intertwined with each other and just kind of the quality in general. Like it it, yeah, it, it feels think... like Am I being too fair to the director by saying that was intentional, or are we going to go with I that think was unintentional? I think they wanted to go somewhere intentionally, and that resulted in the movie falling apart a little, unintentionally. Yeah. That's yeah. what it yeah. feels like. Halfway during the movie, like, it was a bit past the halfway mark, I was kind of clicking the iPad, seeing, oh, right, uh, movie's nearly over. You know, I, I, that's never something you want to be doing when you're watching a movie. It's like, oh, it's nearly yeah. over. Like, I did mm. both times I watched the movie, I yeah. watched it in two parts. And I feel like maybe I don't know, like maybe that it kind of it kind of feels like it even is in two parts. Like I don't know. Like it It really does. Like I was saying because I stopped I was the same as you as well, because I had to stop it halfway through and go do other stuff. Not because yeah. I was bored, but just because I had to. And it did kind of feel like, so when I saw, I paused it kind of around the time that Neil was deciding he was going to go join the theatre. So basically, as you guys were saying, when everything starts falling apart, when Charlie Dalton posts the thing in the school newsletter from the Dead Poets Society, because that is kind of Beginning the, of the point end. where it's no longer this like secret club. Everybody knows about it, even though that might make it a little bit more mysterious. It's, yeah. I think the illusion is gone. So I saw the, the like kind of I saw the incline of it, and then just the part at the once they hit the, the peak part, and then just the straight downhill curve. You know, I I was just thinking um, about that scene, like um, after when Charlie gets, um, you can even say punished for this, but like when uh, the principal pulls out like the wooden panel or what's it called? Paddle. Yeah, paddle. a paddle. Yeah, paddle. Um. And it was five specifically. Like, I remember it was five hits and he was, like, not enjoying it, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then later on, you had the contract and then you had the five people's names, which I find interesting now just looking at it. Uh, like, why, oh. why, why five people specifically? Like, there was more than that in The Dead Poets. I remember when they went off to um, go in the cave in the first night, I was counting everyone because it was hard for me to focus. And I remember seven people, Neil died, who was the extra one? Who was the extra one? Who got away? <gasps> we are the we are the eighth character. I'm breaking the fourth wall. Dun dun. But on a really positive note about the film, this is something that I noted when you know we were talking earlier about the how kind of chaotic 
their experiences in the cave are and it's quite animalistic and they're like quite feral and it's all very they seem drunk exactly sometimes but drunk on life yeah precisely that's the best way of putting it but one of the things i really loved about that is it's not like any of them are trying to not take it seriously like they're all very serious about it but they're playful like it's not like somebody's just like i'm just here because you guys are here but this is totally lame but they're not being like guys knuckle down we're here to read poetry we're here to interpret poetry they're as you said they're playing the saxophone and taking it So I don't know how we're going to find a segue from me saying taking out pictures of naked women and reading poetry off of the back. Oh of no, them. I, I have I have a segue, okay. but I don't know if you're going to like. Oh, it. that's never good. <laughs> uh, just tell us now, and editing time can work as magic. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Okay, Sarah, Sarah, you can say this, and um, or you you can listen to this, and then slap me in the face afterwards. <laughs> Like drive over to find your house somewhere, and then like yeah, or, you or ring like, every like, doorbell. Say, Sorry, does Tyg so live bad. here? <laughs> Not even Tyg just... here. Just Tyg. Does Tyg live here? <laughs> you, you know, you gotta cover all your bases. Tyg Killer, do you know he has his name plastered on everything? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's a picture of him on a podcast. <laughs> blue you hold up the podcast. Do you know this man? <laughs> Have you seen my son? Like, damn it, oh, nobody recognized you. Just sit down in a car and furiously market the podcast to get Tyke's face out. <laughs> I'm just gonna, like, phone Connor and be like, tell me the address. <laughs> that works. I don't actually know. It's 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 like, um, it, it's like a freedom cell. We don't know each other's identities. Yeah, good point. You were I've, school friends, and that is all. I've met one person on this server in real life, so. <laughs> And that was before you even joined the server. Precisely. Yeah. So I was like, hey, want to join a server where we like talk about communism? Five minutes ago. Well, specifically, I texted you saying, hey, would you like to go on a side quest? That was it, yeah. Yeah. And I believe I told you about uh, Josh, Jordan, and Tyg, and then I was just like, oh, there's many more. Those are your pitches. You were like, Josh, <laughs> the angry communist. Jordan, the blind wrestler, and Tyg. The tall blonde one. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's all you bring to the I'm table. I'm not even blonde. <laughs> but uh, the only reason you I were the, the first person I met. I on, the tall one. The first person I met was Josh because I could see you while chatting and then you using the name and I was like, ah, that's the angry communist because he and Dad were like the only people online. And then I went on call and I was like, oh, nice to meet you. By the way, I know that you're an angry communist. Tell me more. You you had like a checklist and it was like the angry communist, the blind wrestler, Tyg. I was looking ever... to see if I could find Jordan anywhere. I was like, I want to see who this blind wrestler guy is. If ever we get movie posters made with like our faces on them and like a tagline, that's absolutely what we should go for. Like, Jordan, the angry communist. <laughs> well, it's, it's like Jordan Connor, the only one keeping this cane. together. <laughs> no, I am I am pushing us off onto tangents like, like a small child with a pool table. And that's why Tyg loves you. Connor. That's why we all love you. Pool table. <laughs> Stop, everybody back, he's got a pool table. <laughs> you like try and lift it, try to push it. Like, Can someone get the other side? And then we're gonna lift. 
leave. <laughs> this is my first time robbing the a bank. tree. <laughs> Everyone, take some of the some of the balls from the table so they don't keep rolling around and falling through <laughs> falling through the corners. Thank you. You have to stop every five seconds. Like, God damn it, another one fell over. Precisely. Okay, right, right, Sarah. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you my segue oh, uh, now, and you can you can tell me if it's awful because I know it's awful. And like I, that's why I'm saying it now. I was gonna, I was gonna say. So, speaking of naked women, Sarah, what was your point? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I really don't know how I feel about that. I will point out it's brilliant, and I genuinely don't have a lot of, um, you know, I genuinely don't have a lot of problems with that. So I would do it. On the other hand, I'm a little bit kind of skeptical. <laughs> no, no, no. Dear future, dear future employers listening to this podcast to gauge our, gauge our personalities, we are lovely people. <laughs> really. I'm like to share that Sarah is right now fully clothed. Fully clothed. <laughs> clothed. <laughs> yeah, I just, I have my uh, piece of paper here beside me just uh, marking down which I need to cut. Oh, All of us. <laughs> Yeah, like all six minutes of this. And actually, uh, I was just telling Connor this on the last recording. I have wrote down that I need to cut four minutes and tw- or, uh, four twenty minutes in. Oh, really? That's yeah. On the that's dot. awesome. Okay. Um, you know what? Okay, right. Um, just fucking do it. Just go for it. <laughs> let's see how this goes. Actually, okay, I've got no. De- I've got no freaking decency. We'll do it. Alright. 6.45. That's where I'm cutting. Okay. Um, five seconds to get into the mood. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> tyke, tyke, tyke. <laughs> no, mind. I changed my mind. I changed my mind. <laughs> no, go ahead. You're fine. <laughs> okay. All right. Maybe an extra five. So, speaking of naked women, Sarah, you had a point. Yeah. That was planned. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Connor, thanks for blowing it like that. I had a, I had a comeback, okay? <laughs> Should we try that again? Uh, Connor being like... No, we're, no we're, we're done. I have it marked Oh, down God. No. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you the... Go for another take. I'll send you the timestamp. <laughs> <laughs> oh god editors know we were having a terrible time we were having a brilliant time <laughs> oh um, yeah I forgot we, we are forced was... to be happy here yeah yeah obviously uh, for at least an hour and a half but Sarah what was your point oh, anyway? no. you were saying, first of all uh, I would like to say that Tyke did run that joke past me first um <laughs> <laughs> It's like, would you be terribly uncomfortable if I said this? But um, I, uh, my point was that, oh yeah, they were very serious about it, but it wasn't like the way you thought it would be when Isabel gave you a quick summary, which was like, oh, they're all going to be all dramatic and sad and my chemical romance eyeliner. But they are playful with it. Like they are just, you know, teenage, they are like drunk children. Um, so you're acting like teenagers. Yeah, like they're they, they acting. This is. I was watching it and like, I was like, "This is rains, boys will be boys." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "This is this is what it means when people say like, oh well, boys will be boys,' or just like you know, yeah. you know the I way guys like... are. That's what they mean." 
Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like it takes it too far almost because it kind of wraps up the film's core message of Carpe Diem with being a teenage boy. Mm. Like, the world is your oyster. You can do anything as long as you as are long as a rich white. Yeah, as long as you're a rich white privileged, like a rich white mm. teenager. Yeah. That's yeah. a good mm. point. They... And another thing about that with um, them being in the preparatory school and obviously rich white privilege is that you can see why they decided to set up the Dead Poet Society. Because what else is there to do at that school? Nothing! There you doesn't seem to be any cool things to do except build radios. Yeah, you can and rock out the pirate radio. You're not allowed to do that. So, like, it's not even like that's what's written down when you, you know, the little first-year talks when they bring you in and start talking about all the great things the school has to offer. What do they say? Like, yeah. do they just start listing off the values and they show you their banners? We're a hundred years old! Happy birthday! All the candles that they had were just birthday candles. <laughs> That's exactly what they say. You're all rich white boys. Yes. You can do whatever you want. The thing is, we do see that there are that they they don't have control of their lives. And I think that's why the, the Carpe Diem thing works through. Like, it's less about, you know, taking every opportunity that's that, that you can and stuff. Because, you know, these guys have a lot of opportunities available to them, especially since they're going to this school. But the thing is, they don't have any control over their existences. Yeah. Like, even... That is very true. Like, it's, about, it's about rebelling, yeah. you know? It is. And I mean... You could say that they have, like, you, they definitely do have more flexibility with the way that they can rebel because they're not going to face any major, Cons- you think they're not going to face any major consequences. consequences, but you see what happens to Neil. But the thing is, yeah. you see, even little things along the way that they don't have any control, like um, the boys building a pirate radio, as you said, there is literally nothing to do at that school. But they, mm-hmm. but whenever someone comes in, even though they're doing something that's probably well above whatever they're being taught in any sort of technological class they have to hide it and then of course you see neil's interactions with his father i don't really think todd wants to be in that school because he's just being held in comparison to his brother none of them have any sort of as i keep saying it but control they don't they don't they Um, don't run their lives yeah. yeah Uh, it's it's a story about rebellion told from the viewpoint of which rich white white kids, which is a sentence that's probably never been spoken <laughs> in yeah, history. Yeah, you know, you know who needs more uh, movies? Rich white, white, white kids. <laughs> that's the part. That's the portion of that's the. Those are the people that the media need to focus on. Exactly, I I do agree with you though. It is a more it it, it, it there's a deeper message than that of rebellion. Yeah. But to be fair, at that, okay. like, well, 1989, rich whiteboards were the only way you were going to get a successful movie. That's true. Yeah. Netflix, call us <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I think I think we've gone on for a fair bit, and I absolutely love this. And Jack had the question of the lightsabers last time. So I'm going to have one that is a bit more set in stone and might take longer to answer. But do you think that um, Robin Williams' character had any relation with the death of Neil at all. Like, they pin it. They pin it on his character. But do you think that he is responsible at... Okay. Are we going to go for an order for the answers to this, or just whoever comes up with something? Um... I was... Can... Ash. Oh. Um, I think that. Who was that? 
Um, I don't think he's completely responsible. I think that, unfortunately, like, Neil was having those ideations by himself, and I think it would have been... He was going to come to that conclusion regardless, and he was, like, eventually... It was just going to happen later in life. Like, he, there was going to come a point in his life where he did realise that he had no control and that he wasn't going to be able to do what he wanted. It was just... It just happened to happen then. And yes, you can put up the argument that, like, oh, if he hadn't been introduced to, like, um, drama and poetry, that he wouldn't have come to that conclusion so young. But, like, you cannot blame somebody for opening up a young boy who hadn't had, like, any sort of... who hadn't been allowed experience or anything like that to arts and drama. Like, you can't be like, well, it's your fault because you tried to give him some sort of creative influence. I really don't think he should have taken that much responsibility like it was a hundred not 100% but it was definitely like 80% on the parents for not responding to their child's needs and not listening to their own child when he said this is what I want to do with my life and you're making me feel trapped yeah yeah I agree that would have just he would have committed suicide like later in Mm -hmm. life it was kind of yeah, it wasn't on John. John. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think we're in consent. So, thank you to everyone who was listening. And we had an actual blast running this. It's always good fun. And I can't wait for the next one where we're going to be doing Lord of the Rings. And Ooh. so we might have guest Ooh. characters on a uh, reappearance from sarah it seems and i know connor hasn't listened or not listened watched lord of the rings so Me we'll neither. see how things go unless you guys would like to educate those yeah. of us who have never seen it Listeners. i'm just becoming well, well, i'm well, never well. leaving i don't even need to know what's happening in the future episodes i'm just still gonna be here because this is sarah's <laughs> podcast <laughs> listeners take note that, uh, that we are recurring characters we are but puppets in a wardrobe that ty keeps um just, just at the end of the bed like he, he opens it up o- opens us up when it's time to record and like marionettes he um he puts us into position and we dance this little dance and we I talk about this is all scripted <laughs> entirely great actors did you not mention earlier that we were all ventriloquist dummies yeah oh I'm, oh dang yeah no so if you're listening that that probably got cut from the introduction didn't it ah the things yeah. we have to do the things we have to do to Editing make time Ty, for fuck's sake <laughs> okay oh i should right. probably clar- clarify can can we curse on this podcast i just realized that now yes. okay good. wait we can- okay good wait we can yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you can okay. Cool. There we go. Is it you saying you, the way you had? Mm. <laughs> well, this changes everything. It's like the Potter. It's like the pop. It's like the Potter Pop Pals. Uh, wizard swears things where it's like, yeah. this is a great responsibility. We won't. We won't tell anybody about this. Cut to us just swearing at the top of our lungs, all in. Can we have that like a swear montage? <laughs> a swear montage. <laughs> Giving like, entire sections, they're just bleeped out. It's just gonna be like, yeah. it's in the tune of like a song. It's in the tune of the um, intro music to this podcast. <laughs> uh, the, for for those looking to 
I was looking for a peek behind the curtain. The way we the way we recorded that segment was just by recording a car reversing alarm for two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um we all stood outside our houses and whatever house alarm or car alarm that went off in that twenty minutes, we just recorded it. It was very weird and some of us got arrested. But it worked okay. in the end. Okay, lighthearted question to end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, lighthearted question. So if you were to have the phone in the phone, um, it said it's God. He says, "Let's girl, let girls come to the school or something like that." What would it be? Who wants to go first? Ooh, I I don't have any ideas. Come on, Isabel, you can curse, do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> You have been let free from the shackles of non-explicitness. We will leave. I got one. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so mine was Mr. Nolan, it's your proctologist. He smashed your head. Um <laughs> I think I would just I'd 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 listen to the phone intently for a couple seconds laugh loudly and then just chuckle and put the phone down and not say anything and not, not break eye contact with Mr. Nolan the whole time okay mine's a bit more explicit but I'm gonna still say it anyway because I thought of it and I find it funny so why would you Mr. Nolan okay. sir it's God he says you forgot your strap on <laughs> Just like completely deadpan, like like no change in expression, and just like put the phone down and leave. You're gonna leave that reception. It's like, hey guys. He says I'll have it back to you by Monday. (laughs) Oh god. Like why? Why God of all people? You'd think like more the devil, but okay. Well, because I guess because like Christian school and stuff, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Let's go, Tiger and Isabel. Isabel, do you have one or will I, I shoot one? I don't have one. Well, look, look, it's, it's either you say it now or we'll finish with you. So, best for last. I don't like you go. You go, you go. I don't have one. <laughs> this is too hard. Right. I don't... <laughs> Come on, use that brain cell. What have they been teaching you for the past God knows how long during these quarantine classes? Oh, wait, nothing because they're garbage. Absolutely. That was just a slide. Ignore me. Oh, dig at the dig at the education. This 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 track against the school. This is the hard hitting stuff the listeners right, come for. My one, <laughs> my one, my one would be um. What what's the name of the principal, Mister Nolan? Mister Nolan. Nolan. Tyke, did you even watch this film? Mr. It's like you only yeah. watched it three hours three before hours we started. <laughs> Mister Nolan, it's deaf. He's coming next Tuesday. Foreshadowing the death <laughs> of Neil. Shakespeare I love could it. Never. Right. Well, Isabel, do you have it? I don't. Or Isabel. Isabel. Ah. Isabel just accepts that the end that the the line was perfectly fitting for the scene and doesn't want to yeah. alter it. I don't want to alter it, guys. Brilliant. <laughs> that is very true. And and you know what? I think it's very fitting to the actual movie how you feel fulfilled but not fully satisfied. Mm-hmm. Where we have the four answers and then leaving the one. Yeah, like it could be grand the way it is, but we could also change it in four different ways. Speaking of changing in different ways, adding 
like sound effects in the background for no apparent reason ignore that it's just editing tag all right well <laughs> enough rambling and stupid stuff yeah thanks to everyone who is listening i hope you've all really enjoyed and i can't wait for the next podcast um everyone say your goodbyes Bye. 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 <laughs> um, until we meet again listeners have Cheers. a wonderful life <laughs>